myself. I'm going live. There we go. There's this blue line I got to wait for. I see, I see a little like red live button. Over Perfect. There. And that means we're live. This is great. Anyway, here's Johnny. Actually, we could say that with you. <laughs> we could say that. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. My t shirt today is a clue to who to, whose guest it is today. And his name actually has this in his name. His name is John Badass Vegan. And he is now a filmmaker. He is producing and directing a film that hopefully will be out soon called They're Trying to Kill Us. But he's also got a great story. And I'd like to welcome him in the show. It's so good to see you again, John. Good to see you too. Been a while. I know, since the cruise. So should we start with your story or should we start with the film? Because They're Trying to Kill Us. That almost sounds like it's a horror film. Hey, wherever you want to start, I'm, I'm open game. Well, you know, just because not everybody may be familiar with you and your work, why don't we start a little bit with who John Badass Vegan is? I love the name, by the way. <laughs> uh, John Lewis, uh, no relation to Congressman John Lewis, but he definitely was an idol of mine. Um, I, was I was born in Little Rock, Arkansas, raised in Ferguson slash St. Louis, Missouri. Um, grew up to actually be obese around the age of 13 was about 315 pounds as a freshman in high school. Uh, ended up losing the weight once I got more active in high school. Uh, went away to grad school in, in Miami, Florida. And that's when I learned more about veganism and incorporated it into my life. My story was a little different from everybody else. Nothing tragic happened to me personally, it was my mother. She had was diagnosed with colon cancer and through doing more research and talking to doctors, found out it was not a hereditary thing. It was a lifestyle choice. And I'm a big believer in, you know, learning from my mistakes, but I'm a bigger believer in learning from other people's mistakes. So I'm like, if you try to run through that brick wall and you don't make it, I'm not going to try to run through the brick wall to show you how to do it. I'm going to figure a way around the brick wall. And that's what I did. So it's been uh, 15 years now and I've been vegan since. That's amazing. Did your mom ever go vegan? No, <laughs> we, we have our little battles here and there, but no, she never went vegan herself. Wow. Well, how's she doing? She's still doing good. She's still doing good. 84 and still crazy as ever. <laughs> That's incredible. So 315 pounds. How, how old were you at that time? I was 13 at the time, actually. Um, like I said, it was my freshman year. So, you know, I just went through this, uh, I was, active as a kid but I wasn't athletic you know once you get to organize sports you're a lot more involved and in little league you know the coach just rolls some balls out on the basketball court he goes outside smokes a cigarette and he just lets the kids do whatever inside so <laughs> I really wasn't that active I was just involved in sports when I finally got to high school is when I actually got way more active so I wasn't vegan yet but the activity level went up so much, that's when the weight started dropping. What kind of stuff were you eating growing up? Ooh, it was what it was not I eating. <laughs> uh, it was a plethora of processed goods, though. I could definitely tell you that. You know, once my mom got that Sam's Wholesale card, it was on. We, uh, <laughs> we had everything under the sun that Sam's from. But it, it always seemed like it was some kind of fried form of chicken at all times, whether it was nuggets whether it was chicken tenders, whether it was chicken wings, it just seemed like that was so convenient. And we just had this deep freezer full of all these things. And then, you know, breakfast was always processed cereal, uh, things like that. Even, you know, I was laughing about it with a friend yesterday. 
you know, we didn't just drink Kool-Aid, we drank sugar and we poured a little bit of Kool-Aid in it because there was so much sugar in it. You know, we forgot to even, it all tasted the same because it was all sugar, no matter what color it was. Uh, but it was a lot of processed items. Even the vegetables weren't just straight vegetables. They were always, if it was a salad, it had a lot of dressing on it. If it was spinach, it had butter in it. If it was greens, it had ham in it. It was like, it, growing up, I thought that was normal. Did, did, you don't eat that way anymore, I'm sure, but was it difficult to, was it difficult at first to switch your diet? Not at all, actually. I, I think it helped me a little bit because I wasn't living with my mom anymore before I moved from St. Louis. So once I finally moved to St. Uh, once I finally moved to Miami, I was already kind of independent. And when I was when it was time to make a switch, I just did it. And I think what really helped me out was when I did it, I didn't make a big announcement on social media. I didn't, you know, there was nobody to hate on it because I didn't tell anybody. I just did it. And then, you know, when I when I did do it, uh, I don't know if you remember the P90X workout program. So I always tell you if you want to laugh, if you go back and look at the commercials and the ads, you'll see me on there because that's how I got started in the fitness industry. And when people found out I was vegan, that's when they were like, wait a minute, you can be vegan and stay in shape. I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't think it was this big like surprise, but yeah, it was. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't hard at all. I just made my mind up and that was it. That's great. Were there any ramifications to being 315 pounds when you were 13 years old? Did you get teased at all or did anybody oh, comment? Oh, I definitely got teased. And I, I have a, I try not to be that guy, but I, I have a chip on my shoulder sometimes and I don't forget things. So like I'm one of the few uh, friends that I know. I never dated anyone in my high school ever. Not a date, not prom, not anything. Because when I was 315 pounds, Nobody wanted to give me the time of day. And then when I lost the weight, I had a couple girls that tried to talk to me and I was like, nope, I remember you and you wouldn't get <laughs> So, but yeah, the teasing definitely was there. And you know, you kind of, you kind of make jokes about yourself to laugh it off. So you don't feel so bad or to keep them from saying the joke or keep the steam from hurting so bad of the joke. But uh, yeah, you know, it was, I wouldn't change anything for the world because I think that makes me more empathetic to people that are going through it themselves now. Wow. So what have you done in the fitness in industry so far? Woo. Uh, trained a couple celebrities. Um, <laughs> I played uh, division one basketball. I played semi-pro basketball. Uh, I still kept quite active with, uh, in regards to, you know, playing in basketball tournaments, football tournaments uh, for adults. Uh, you know, everybody always thinks I'm still in my 20s, but I feel like it every now and then, but I get subtle reminders that I am 43 and, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't go as hard as I used to. Um, I've been uh, in magazines such as Sports Illustrated, Maxim, uh, Black Business. Uh, let's see. It's so, I don't want to say so many like bragging, but I've been, I've been over all over the place and I, and it's been a, a great journey so far. And it's just the beginning. That's great. Well, how did you transition into the role of filmmaker? You want to tell us about this film? When and where can we see it? What made you decide to do it? What it's about? Um, if anybody watching has seen the film, uh, What the Health, this is the official follow-up film to What the Health. Uh, my co-director, Keegan Kuhn, 
uh, also co-directed What the Health, as well as Cowspiracy. So this is the follow-up film to What the Health. Um, Keegan and I have been friends for quite some time, and he came to me one day, he was like, hey, bro, I, I want to work with you on a film. And I was like, fine. I said, but well, whatever we do, we have to make sure that we help people of color, our black and brown community. You know, they need, they need help because as we all know, some people are in denial about it, but most people understand veganism has been whitewashed a lot. And I try to tell people that like, you know, veganism, when you look at black and brown communities from their native lands, it's predominantly plant-based. It's just, we've been, you know, encouraged to eat another way. So uh, he was like, that's fine. He said, but how do we reach more people? And the first thing that came to my head was hip hop. You know, hip hop is the number one genre of music ever. You know, and I, I tell people, <laughs> you don't think it's the number one genre. If you close your eyes, you can envision six foot white guys on ice skates with Jay-Z playing in the background. And you just literally just envision the National Hockey League. You know, even soccer moms who act like they hate hip hop, occasionally when the kids are out the car, they're at a stoplight, there's some DMX playing or some Jay-Z or something going on. It's very influential and people follow what they wear, where they travel to, uh, the car they drive, and also what they eat. So knowing quite a few people in the hip hop industry that were uh, a part of this movement, I figured this would be a great way to uh, propel that voice. So where are you in the film right now? When can we expect to see it? And where can we see it when it comes out? Um, we, are, we are very close to the finished edit and uh, we submitted an unfinished edit to Sundance but didn't get in. But we have a good reason that maybe because one of our producers has a film in there as well. So it's two films, so we get it. But uh, South by Southwest did invite us to submit our film as well. So we were waiting on the word from them. And then from that point, uh, it's the bidding begins with the different channels, as far as Netflix, Hulu, HBO, YouTube, and so on. Nice. Well, that'd be great. I can't look forward to it. What's it like uh, wearing the, all these different hats? H have you ever done any producing or directing or even acting before in a film? I've done some acting, but more commercial-wise, not films uh, and, and music videos, stuff like that, but nothing of this caliber. Uh, it's actually, it's fun. I've been, I've been learning so much, you know, being able to work with Keegan. You know, I, I've done smaller editing on my own but working with Keegan and, and getting on this grand scale, I've just learned so much about the logistics, the planning, you know, when you're interviewing, we, we have over 175 interviews for the film. So imagine, you know, getting all these people in these certain areas at a certain time to, you know, donate their time as well, because everybody really was very helpful in donating their time to the film, but working all those logistics out, it takes a lot, but the learning process has been amazing. Any of those interviews, any of the names we might recognize? Uh, you know, maybe Billie Eilish and uh, Chris Paul and uh, Neo, State from Dead Press, um, Maya, Eric Adams, Dr. Greger. Uh, Quite, it's, and it, like I said, 175 names. So if I forget anybody, I apologize. <laughs> it's not personal, but um, yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, Styles P from the Lots, 
uh, Ciroc. I'm trying to think who else. It's, it's been, it was so many, so many amazing interviews. So the title, They're Trying to Kill Us. If I didn't know, I would think that would be a horror film. Well, that's what it is, really. It's just a real life horror film. <laughs> um, you know, we, I, I, I muddled around with names for a while. Humming for Justice came up, but I just felt like we shouldn't sugarcoat it. I felt like we should just go ahead and, you know, tell it like it is. You know, they're trying to kill us. And, you know, a lot of people, when it first hit social media, a lot of people were like, oh, they're not trying to kill you. That's not the case. I'm like, the, the problem is there's a system that's been put in place to harm people of color. The problem is that the people that are there right now, they may not have put it in place, but they're not doing much to stop it. And that's where we're trying to get to. Well, we have a celebrity watching live today. He actually shares your birthday, Robert Cheek. Hey. And he said, he said, we made that two minute YouTube video together nine years ago. And Robert wants to know who was the most interesting person that you interviewed so far? Thanks Robert for the question. For, I, I'm, I'm thinking he's saying for the film. Yeah, for the uh, film. Or it could be, it could be just in general too. I would say it's, it's a tie between two, you know, um, everybody had amazing interviews, but I would say between Eric Adams, uh, Brooklyn Bureau president, amazing interview. But I also have to say there's an artist that many people won't know, but he's been vegan for a while. His name is T, by the way. And he just had powerful statements when we were interviewing him that just blew us away. You know, some stuff we're not using in the film. Like one, one instance is uh, we asked the question, do you feel that you know, artists have a responsibility to their listeners. And he said, as an artist, I don't have responsibility to anybody. My responsibility is to give art raw and uncut. He said, but as a human, I have a responsibility to everybody, all the other earthlings on this, on this planet. And that was just a great answer. And he has so many uh, amazing, outstanding answers to go along with it. That's neat. Robert has another great question. He said, what was it like to interview a number of A-list celebrities like Chris Paul? Uh, it was it was amazing. You got to kind of, even though I'm used to being around celebrities, you still get to be in awe, but you have to, you know, basically understand that they're there because they believe in your mission and your dream. So it's a mutual respect and it was just great to be around that kind of energy and great to be around Chris because Chris is actually uh, inquisitive about a lot of things. Like he's pretty fresh in the journey. So he had a lot of questions about things that go on in the vegan movement, whether it's uh, what we eat or what we wear or the type of cars or, you know, so many different aspects. It was, it was great to see somebody such a high caliber person to be asking me so many questions about the journey. Me. Uh, Susan says, my nine-year-old grandson can use his help. Is that possible? Do you work with people individually on, on anything related to plant-based eating or I, living? I did for a long time, but it's so busy now. Uh, I'm actually in the process of developing a program where anybody can plug and play. And it actually, it'll pinpoint your eating for you, the workout for you. But as far as one-on-one, -on -one, it's just, I wouldn't want to do anybody like that and not give them that direct attention they need. This program will be able to, you know, decipher what they need 
and automate it for them as we go along. Great. When can we expect that? Around springtime. Nice. Well, I can't wait for the film. Will you have any, like, what is it called? Premieres, like where we could see it at the theater, like Game Changers? That's the goal. Uh, it just really depends on the signing. You know, some, some platforms, they get to the point where they don't want to really share it uh, because they feel as if, you know, if so many people go to the premieres, they won't go to the actual, you know, streaming channel to, to, to view it then. I understand. Have you, so have you ever had any struggles with addiction in your family? Oh yes, uh, and we talk about it in the film. So my mother who raised me is naturally uh, my grandmother. So my actual mom, uh, she is, she was addicted to crack cocaine when she was pregnant with me and had for adoption. So my grandmother was the one that actually adopted me um, and took care of me from birth. And we talk about that in the film as well. But if, so were you born addicted to, addicted yourself? Did Basically, yeah. But I've never done it since I've been alive, but yeah. That's amazing. So you, cause that, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't shun the struggle that I've had. I think it built the person that I am today. So like, I wouldn't, there were some hard moments, of course, but I think that's supposed to be a part of life. Like there's a Buddhist, uh, the, the, the truths of the Buddhism. And one of them is called Dukkha and Dukkha means suffering. And it's basically saying that as long as you understand that there will always be suffering, then you can actually be happy. And you're not sitting there thinking, why me? Why did this happen to me? Like it's supposed to be a part of your journey so you can learn and grow from it. But that's still amazing that physiologically you, you, you didn't, weren't addicted yourself. That's fantastic. Cause that would have been- I have addictive personalities though. <laughs> I have noticed that definitely, especially when it comes to sugar and some other things. But you know, like they say, sugar is, just a couple molecules away from cocaine. A lot of people don't realize that they're both plants, you know? So, so do you, do you purposely avoid sugar then? I do, I do as much as possible. I really do. With two little kids every now and then, it sneaks into my, into my realm, but I'm, I'm very good with it now. How old are your kids? They're four and two. Wow. Did you raise and them plant-based? Yes. Yes. My son is already three and a half feet at two years old. So <laughs> he's going to be a little tall. That's great. That's so cool. Mandy says, John is amazing. Thank you for all the work you're doing and helping so many people. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you're, you weren't born with the middle name Badass. So how did that come about? Uh, well, I was a badass kid. I'm just <laughs> uh, so my mom did say that occasionally. But uh, when I was transitioning to to veganism and you know I, I had the YouTube channels out and I never forget a guy on there one time he was like man you're one badass vegan and this is 15 years ago and I was like huh I kind of like that and you know I just didn't really think about it so I um I never forget I was I was doing half marathons back then I probably ran about 12 all together and I ran out for a long run and it was like January 1st and I'll never forget on the run I was like you know what it's time to go ahead and make this thing, you know, your career. Like, let's just go for it. And I have like long conversations with myself when I'm on my long runs. And as soon as I got back to the house, the first thing that popped in my head was Badass Vegan. I went to GoDaddy, looked it up. It was available. I 
bought it that day. Then I went and incorporated it like that Monday, because I believe that was a Saturday when I went on that run. And then wow. that's it. <laughs> so this t-shirt I didn't get from you, but do you sell any t-shirts like this? Because I think a I, lot of people would love a t-shirt that said, I'm a badass vegan. I can't see the t-shirt actually. Oh, it says vegan badass. Ah, there we go. Um, I do have some apparel, but I took this, I took this year off because I'm, I'm in a good place financially right now where I didn't want to take attention away from so many people that made a lot of money selling shirts at different events and stuff like that. So I just took my stuff off the shelf for the year and I'll bring them back next year. But I want to, you know, people like beat by beat, you know, crazies and weirdos, uh, herbivores clothing. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, but I just want them to have more of a window. And I, I usually do t-shirt Tuesday where I wear somebody else's t-shirt every Tuesday. And uh, like this, this here is a company, a friend of mine right here too, uh, called Family Clothing. So every Tuesday I try to just wear somebody else's stuff to promote that. But next year I'll, I'll come back with more. Well, that's okay. Even if you don't want to sell one, I still think those companies should sell it. Cause I think people would wear a shirt that said that. Cause I bought yeah. one <laughs> at one of the veg fest. Marlene wants to know, do you drink alcohol? No, I stopped drinking in 08, actually, 2008. Nice. So you're a straight edge vegan. I'm straight edge. I, I do. Too. I do believe in the power of cannabis oil, but oils as far as like healing, not like I want to get high every night. <laughs> I've had two surgeries, a broken foot, um, broken hand, broken fingers. I have a plate in this wrist. So I have quite a few uh, war wounds from athletes, at athletics. Did you start out your journey as a raw vegan? I did actually. Um, for about a year, I was raw. I did. I kind of did it wrong though. I was incorporating way too many avocados, nuts, and seeds. <laughs> I was enjoying it. It was so good. That's cool. So there's a question on what your kids like to eat and what their favorite snacks are. They love everything. The, be the beautiful thing is uh, we were just uh, talking with um, family on Saturday and her aunt was like, guess what your daughter just asked me? She goes, she just asked, are you vegan like us? The funny thing is we've never like pounded vegan, you know, like you talk about veganism, this and that. I guess we just mentioned it so much around them. Uh, one day I was making her, she calls it a milkshake, but it's basically you know, plant-based milk with fruit and maybe some maple syrup or whatever in it. And <laughs> I was making it and she goes, Poppy, are these vegan strawberries? And I'm like, yes, baby. <laughs> They're That's, vegan strawberries. <laughs> that is was, so cute. Out of yeah, like, right now, all of them are vegan unless Monsanto does something else to them. But right now, they should be all vegan. So that was so cute when she said that. That's adorable. Dina wants to know what you currently eat in a day and what kind of exercise does he do? He's obviously exercising right now on the <laughs> treadmill. Um, I currently, right now, my, my meal portions change for day to day. I fast uh, pretty much all day. Um, I've been fasting since 2012. Uh, that, I love the aspect of it and the self-control that it gives me. Uh, for the most part, you'll see me I'm a big salad goer. I will load up a salad and be happy with the smoothie after that and call it a day. One of my favorite dishes though, 
I would say is a bed of quinoa, uh, some sweet plantains baked, not fried, um, make some guacamole, put it on top of there, and some grilled onions on top of that. And I call it a badass, beautiful mess. That'll be in the upcoming book that's coming. <laughs> and then my dessert that I love is, I'll take like three or four bananas, chop them up, put them in a bowl, take about four to five uh, pitted dates, put them in a blender with some water, some cinnamon, some allspice, uh, and some nutmeg, blend it up, pour that over the bananas, put some chopped almonds and some coconut shreds on top of that. You're good to go. You, you just got a great meal right there. And for those that think, you know, veganism is expensive, just looking at that meal, you can tell that's probably under $3 per, you know, per day per week. What time do you usually eat your first meal? Usually around 7 p.m. Wow, so so you, you just do one a day, huh? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it since 2012. So you don't get hungry until, I mean, that's interesting. Every now and then I might be around some people and I'm like, ooh, that looks good. And if I do, I adjust my day. So like, okay, if I did eat earlier that day, that was my meal for the day. Wow. So that that's, that, you've been doing that quite a long time, that one meal a day. Yeah. That's, my, that's really intermittent fasting. Right. And, and when I started, it wasn't even a thing. Like, it wasn't even called intermittent fasting at the time. Uh, my mentor, Jim Morris, uh, who did quite a few Ash Pita and I think Vegan Outreach and some other things, he was the one that taught me about it. And, and back then, we didn't have a name for it. That was just fasting. <laughs> and then when that book came out, I was like, well, damn, we could have done that. <laughs> well, that, that's interesting. Uh, Robert says he's looking forward to the film and the book. And Mandy says, will there be an actual cookbook? It will actually be 75 amazing recipes in there. It's a lifestyle book uh, incorporating, you know, my background, how I got to veganism, but it's about transitioning to vegan, uh, living vegan, but most importantly, which I think a lot of books miss the mark is staying vegan. You know, a lot of people tell you how to go vegan, but they don't tell you how when you go back around your family and they're still eating those ribs that you've been eating your whole life, how do you control that? Or, you know, you see that commercial or that you, you drive past the steak place, you get that whiff. There's so many things that we, you know, sometimes we forget to think about. Um, so that's a part of it. And then we talk about, you know, once you transition, what are your goals? Do you want to gain weight, lose weight or maintain weight? And we go into that as well and how to develop a plan for yourself and then we got 75 uh, recipes that'll be going on in the back. But it's definitely a lifestyle guide. That sounds great. Well, you were talking, what you were talking about, Angela actually has a question. How do we transition burger eaters to salad eaters? How do we break the myth that illness is random or just bad luck? It's very hard for people to be willing to connect choices with health effects. You cover that in your book, or maybe you can give some <laughs> advice on how do we switch from burgers to bulgur? <laughs> I I tell people that we have to be the example. I think too many times we, and I, and I love, I appreciate when people share my page, they share Robert Cheat's page, Tori Washington's page, Don Thompson, whoever, James Ashby, that's great that you share our pages. But when we know somebody personally, we have to be the change that we want to see in them. So a lot of times we're telling them, hey, we need you to eat salad, but we're still over there eating vegan junk food, you know? so. If, if we want them to do what we are saying, we have to also be that example. And so I think that's one of the biggest things. And that's what I did with my family was I knew I had to be the example. 
you know, like I knew if I wanted to promote health and fitness as well on the inside, as well as the outside, I had to be the example for them to see that. Nice. Well, if you don't eat that meal till seven o'clock, I'm guessing it's probably a big meal because you, how else are you going to get enough calories? Because you seem like a pretty tall guy. Yeah, I'm pretty tall. Uh, 6'6", 240, not, not, not too light. But I, what I do is I, I split it up into about three meals within that hour. So I eat the first meal right around eight, the second meal right around 8.30, and the last meal right before nine. And they're not huge. They're not like, I'm not going full course meal for each one but I'm still getting my calories in that I need. What time do you go to bed? <laughs> I have been forcing myself at midnight now. Uh, as a creative, I'm sure people understand this, my mind is always on the go. So I had to force myself to just get into bed. Otherwise I'll be up night, you know, all night working. I, I would say definitely during the completion of this film, I probably would go to bed around three or four. And then, you know, Keegan lives on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast you know, being in Miami and we would, our hours would be so different. We would be talking, you know, three o'clock my time, midnight his time, or he'll be hitting me up at five o'clock his time a.m. And it's just eight o'clock a.m. for me. So we had to basically work like we were working overseas with somebody. Well, Robert says you sometimes text him at two in the morning. So I want to know what both of you guys are doing up that late. Hey, we, like I said, when you're creatives, you know, and I, and I want people to know this too, like, I honestly have to say this, and I know it's not about Robert right now, but Robert's probably one of the, the dearest, greatest friends I have within the movement. And, you know, since day one, we have just been cool, you know, and we've always been up and up with each other. We joke around, we clown around, we do whatever, but always been a real good friend within the movement. He's the best. Do you like to cook? I actually do like to cook. I just hate to clean. <laughs> but I'm one of those people like I like to clean as I cook just to avoid it but yeah I, I like to cook and I like to learn more as I go along right. well Robert says he appreciates you yeah Robert's great we everybody loves Robert Cheek how can you not I know <laughs> he's like a modern day Mr. Rogers he is right we need to get him a sweater that says Cheek yeah, I'm guessing Robert probably, Robert, do you have a Mr. Rogers sweater? If not, that would be a great gift for him. And the loafers and everything. I'm sure you got it all. <laughs> yeah. I bet he can do a great imitation of him. He does a great imitation of Dr. Gregor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Guys, have any questions for John? Yeah, that's, a, that's um, you know, when they talk about intermittent fasting, they talk about like a feeding window and yours is it's like three hours or two hours maybe. Really one hour. Yeah. One hour. That's, that's, I don't know if I could do that. I can do two meals a day, but I don't know. That's uh, oh, Robert. Robert says I have lots of Mr. Rogers stuff, but I'm always looking for more. Oh, so Mandy <laughs> says after the film, what's next for John? Uh, the book right now, uh, Keegan and I actually have an idea for another uh, project, which we can't talk about yet, but it's going to, it just the idea of it is amazing. Um, and we'll probably use, you know, the funding from this film to support the next film to, and it's gonna be more of a social justice message as well, just like this one, along with food justice. But, you know, we, we believe that, you know, you have to reach people where they are. A lot of times we, we us as vegans, we want people to come over to vegan land and be with us. And 
sit down with us at this table, but a lot of times we forget we have to go back to where they are. And right now people are very into documentaries, very into streaming. So we have to go to where they are and give them that. Books are great, podcasts are great, but right now so many people are in that visual and audio realm and they want to encompass that. So that's what we're working to give them right now. Nice. JL wants to know how many miles a day do you do on that treadmill? <laughs> uh, I really usually only do 20 minutes for my actual workout. Oh, somebody did ask about my workout program too. Um, 20 minutes, but when I do interviews, I just get on the treadmill, I figure it's not gonna hurt. Why not get a couple extra steps in? I, I always go for my 10,000 steps a day regardless. And it just helps me get there faster. And today when I get done working out, I don't have to get on the treadmill. But uh, Angela says, can we address the soy boy hurdle for men? It's surprisingly rampant. What's a good comeback to the soy boy argument fears? I guess men think if they eat tofu, they're gonna get boobs or something. Yeah, and I tell them, you know, you're worried about the wrong thing. You're, there's so many different ways of approaching it. One is if somebody's worried about the soy, if you ask them why, a lot of people don't know why they're scared of soy. They just heard some myth that they have to be scared of soy. So if somebody does think it's the estrogen, it's like, no, it's phytoestrogen. It's not the actual estrogen that you should be worried about. It's a totally different atmosphere, you know? And if you're really worried about it, you're drinking the milk of a female cow that's gonna have estrogen in it that you should be worried about. If you're really worried about it. And also we have to think about too, when they talk about the soy boy and stuff like that, they're fed soy. All these cows are fed soy. So if you're really trying to avoid it, you're eating it all the time. You're just eating it through a secondhand source. So there's yeah. so many things to, to talk about with that. Yeah, that, I like that. Secondhand soy. That's cool. <laughs> but other than the treadmill, do, do you do any other kind of exercise, strength training, anything else? Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of strength training. Uh, I do about an hour and a half of like resistance work. Um, I do that five days a week. I do one day of yoga. Um, Wednesday's my yoga day, which I, I'm so glad to be back into it. You know, I, it's probably been about four or five years since I stepped away from it. So it's not that pretty right now, but you know, yoga never is. It's always a learning and uh, reaching a new goal and a new height. Nice. So Blue Butterfly Wellness says, I'm thinking of transitioning from vegan keto. I don't know if I could cut salt though. What do you use for replacements? Not all vegans are salt-free, Blue Butterfly. I'm not at all. <laughs> I'm not salt-free. Now I don't, I don't add loads of salt but I'm not salt-free. You'll, you'll be fine. You, you, you have to find your medium too. I think everybody has to realize that while veganism can be incorporated by everybody, everybody also has a different journey within it. Yep. Let's see if I'm looking for questions. Da, 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 da. Robert says, John, thank you so much for focusing on social justice issues and bringing that elevated awareness of other issues outside of veganism to the vegan world for open discussion and forward progress. I appreciate yep. it. So Dina says the meal you described, will it be in your cookbook? It sounds <laughs> delicious. Yes, it will be. It'll be in there with an array of other ones as well. That's great. Yeah, and people are saying that, that, that there are lots of different tasty herbs and spices and salt substitutes for somebody that wanted to give up salt. So that, that really isn't a problem. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, so much, it's not even so much the salt that people put on the food that's a problem. It's the salt that's in the processed food. 
Exactly. Exactly. So what, oh, I'm sorry. What's your, what's your mom's hold at on, on trying veganism? Uh, it's really just, you know, my mom is 84 years old. My mom grew up picking cotton as a kid. It's very old school. It's very, it's a, it's a fear as well as a tradition for her, you know, and, and I tell people, you know, a lot, I've actually had people try to give me grief about making, not making my mom go vegan. I'm like, look, my mom is 84 years old. The last thing I want our last conversation to be is me arguing with her over whether she was vegan or not. You know, like, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I want on my conscience later on. You know, I still talk to her about it, but I'm not gonna pound it down her throat. Like, hey, if you're not vegan, you'll never see your grandkids again. Like, that's not, because <laughs> yeah. she respects my, my wishes. She's one of my biggest promoters, which is very interesting. She always talks about me, talks about the movement, talks about what the work I'm doing. So it's just, uh, as much as I would like for her to change, it's just engraved in her in that way. Wow. Did, did, but does she eat pretty healthy other than the fact that she's not vegan? Does she eat a lot of vegetables? Does she cook vegan for you when you see her? Not really. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I will say though, every now and then, which is like I said, and my mom at 84, I will get the occasional text like, hey baby, I had a salad today <laughs> or I had butter and jelly for lunch. I didn't have any meat. Like, so it's, you know, it's baby steps. It's just, she's really been, uh, you know, conditioned and believe that she has to do those certain things. And then we have to understand, I talk about all the time that, you know, addiction is a, is a huge factor in food. You know, the, the only way an addict can overcome an addiction is if they admit that they're an addict. And a lot of people don't want to admit that they're addicted to the food that they eat. Yeah. Any other family members that you might have been able to influence? My brother. My brother saw the film. Uh, I, I gave him a sneak preview of the film and he was like, yep, that's it. I'm done. As soon as he saw it. And that was about two weeks ago. So that was good. Um, I have a cousin uh, who's a veterinarian also, by the way, that helped out. Uh, she's, she's not vegan too. So slowly but surely it's happening. And, and over the years, I have a lot of friends that, that were actually anti-vegan that have now become vegan over the over the time that's great a uh, question if the book is going to have the same name as the film or will have a different name it's actually going to be called badass vegan oh that's great i <laughs> love it yeah mandy says i love his compassion and intelligence such a great role model for people yeah uh, that's neat yeah well, that's that you know you, you it doesn't sound like you have the personality to like force people to go vegan like i like i would be like you better do this you know if you oh <laughs> uh, you know what like i think I, I, I'm always an active listener. I'll say that. I'm an active listener. So I tell people a lot of times, one of our biggest problems is that we're not actively listening to the people that are approaching us. Like, for instance, if somebody says, I, you know, I want to go vegan for health reasons, you'll have some people like, you know what? The animals are the ones that need us. And it's like, okay, you just lost them because they're coming to you about them. And now you're like, you're about your agenda instead of helping the person. Because at the end of the day, if they stop eating animals, the animals don't care why they're not eating them as long as they're not eating them. So I think sometimes we have to actively listen to the people. And that's what I like to do, especially, you know, when we go, well, whenever we go back to speaking in seminars and <laughs> going to events, you know, that's something I always try to do is actively listen to the crowd. Nice. 
What are some of your other favorite films about veganism or social justice that you've seen? Uh, what the Health, of course. Um, the Invisible Vegan. I love The Invisible Vegan. I don't think it got as much uh, publicity as it should have. Um, uh, Forks Over Knives, Cowspiracy, Earthlings, Game Changers. Uh, Education was a good one, too. Uh, man, there's so many, but I, I, I would say that's probably my, my top ones right there. That's and good. you know, there's one called They're Trying to Kill Us coming out too. That was pretty good. I want to check that out. <laughs> no, no, well, we can't wait. People want to see it right now for sure. When you do yoga once a week, what kind of yoga is it? Uh, depends. Uh, a lot of time it's um, between power yoga. Uh, I'm really into like leaning out the muscle, but you know, working out a lot of the stress. So power yoga is one of my biggest things um, that I've really been uh, working on. And then uh, yin yoga, which is a lot of like holding for a longer period of time and getting those, getting those kinks out. That's my very favorite kind. That's the kind I do. I love yin. Yep. And, uh, and I had, I had Jasmine on, we love the invisible vegan that, that you, you guys, you can see that one right now. I believe it's Amazon prime. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, hopefully yours will be on Netflix. Cause that'll be yeah. really to watch. That we know that they got word about it. They, they know that we, we finished the film. So, uh, negotiations should be starting soon. I, I actually heard that YouTube heard about it as well. Um, which we hadn't even thought about that, but they are, looking to go into a social justice platform as well too. So there may be something there. We'll see. Great. Linda wants to know, do you also run or use weights? Yes, uh, I run and I use weights. Right now, the program that I'm developing and which I'm doing now, I'm in the fourth week of it and it's a 12 week process. So next week, so this the first four weeks is nothing but walking for 20 minutes. The second week will be walking for minutes running for four minutes the sixth week we switch it out we do uh um i'm sorry 12 minutes of walking with eight minutes of running and we keep transitioning till we get to week nine and then week nine instead of walking we substitute it all for running as well as hit cardio so right now the fat loss is very gradual and then it ramps up starting around week five. And then strength training, uh, I do different muscle groups. Uh, Monday is uh, chest, Tuesday, today will be back. Wednesday, tomorrow will be yoga. Thursday will be legs. Friday will be arms. And then uh, my Saturday, I do like my weaker areas, more of like really, really focusing on contracting the muscle and higher reps uh, on Saturday. Cool. Robert says, I heard that you helped Nime Delgado get his start as a big time Instagram star as a result of leading by example. He followed your example and you gave him support early on. That's true. Uh, I, you know, Nimai is a good friend of mine. Uh, and he, he always tells me like I'm the one person that actually responded to his email when he reached out. And I try to respond to everybody's, um, but I could just feel something that he was really inquisitive and genuine about his questions. So I just tried to help him out as much as possible. And, you know, look at him today. He's, I want to say probably like 700,000 followers and cover of like men's 
Fitness, I think it was, or some some great magazine. Um, but yeah, we and I, I can't say that I have any credit to do with his success today because he he did all the work. But I think sometimes we can just be a spark for somebody to see, oh man, if he can do it, then then why can't I do it? And I, I believe that everybody has the power to be great, no matter what it is. It doesn't have to be health and fitness, but I think whatever we focus on and put our mind to, we have the ability to be great. Where do you think you got that from, John? Because like you, you know, you had a rough start in life and you don't seem to have any anger or animosity. And I'm still like upset about something that happened in the second grade. Uh, that's definitely my mom. My mom did that to me. She, you know, we, it's because we just, you know, working on this book deal. Uh, you know, there was some great stuff that happened recently. It, it hasn't been signed on the dotted line yet, but there's some great words. And, you know, just talking to her, she's always been like, if you want to be great, Nobody can stop you, but nobody can do it for you either. And that's something that just always stuck with me. Like greatness is a part of all of us, but greatness comes with work. You know what I'm saying? We all have the right to be great. It's a privilege to do some things in life, but you have a right to be healthy. You have a right to be great. You have a right to be happy, but they all take practice and they all take work. So I practice it every day. Just like some people practice other things, I practice being happy every day. I practice not letting things get to me. Great. Robert says the season starts tonight. Which NBA team are you for? You know I'm going with the Lakers. Don't do that. But I'm, I'm still going with Phoenix, though, because Chris Paul, I got to support Chris Paul. He plays with Phoenix now. But I'm still a Lakers fan. I've been a Lakers fan since I was a kid and a LeBron fan, which, you know, if we can just get him to go vegan, that would be cool, too. <laughs> Cool. So Sue has a nine-year-old grandson who's overweight. How can, how can you help him lose weight? Well, I, I have to be honest, and I, I say this about all parents. Parents have to understand that we can't be the kid's best friend all the time. And it's actually our responsibility if we know something is wrong. So if we keep buying the food that they're eating, that's our responsibility. That's our fault if we keep buying it. So when it comes down to it, Kids will not starve themselves. This is just a fact. They won't starve themselves. They might put up a fight for a while, but if what's in the house is healthy, good tasting, because we don't healthy doesn't have to be bad tasting. I think for some reason along the line, people think that if it's healthy, it has to be nasty. We have to provide them with good food that's nutritious for them and good tasting. So they'll want to be involved in it. And just like before, like we said, we have to be the example that we're trying to show. So if we're telling our kids to eat healthier food, but we're over there with, you know, the Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger, no knock on those companies at all. I love the owners, I know them too, but if we're telling them that we want them to get healthy and we're trying to give them just salads and berries every day, but we're over there with, you know, the double <laughs> Impossible Whopper with cheese, you know, that's not gonna work. We have to be a part of that process for the kid. Yeah. Well, she's the grandma, so maybe she is not the one that's buying the food, but she wanted to know if you have any suggested workout for kids. Well, that's that's the thing with telling the parents that they have to be a part of it, because you also have to think at nine years old, you don't really want to incorporate a, not, a workout program that's too strenuous. Not at nine. You Just getting outside and playing, being more active, they may be you know part of the new generation that is more involved in video games and actually playing outside. Um, stuff like that, getting them just more active, 
throughout the day, but the food is still a very, very important factor within it. Absolutely. So who, who, who's influenced you the most in your life other than your mom? Anybody in the plant-based movement or just anybody else that you care to share? I would say John Sally, uh, who's another one of my mentors who has definitely taught me a lot throughout time, you know, as far as, you know, just the vegan movement, but also I would say, you know, the business aspect of it too. Um, I, I'm sure you know, being in the business realm too, a lot of times we think, oh, well, it's all vegan. It's going to be all love no matter what. And then you get to see like, there are still some people out there, <laughs> vegan or not, that are, you know, cutthroat and will do some bad things out there. You know, if they were a bad person before vegan, vegan does not make them automatically an angel, whether it's business or just anything else. So I've learned more about that. Um, I could say Tory Washington has been a brother to me for the longest, um, learned a great deal from him within you know, just the health and fitness realm of veganism, as well as Jim Morris, my men, uh, late great mentor. Uh, Dom's great friend of mine. We, we've grown a lot within the movement together. And, I, you know, like I, I mentioned Robert Chi before, he's definitely a good friend and I've definitely learned a lot from him. He's a great role model for anybody in business that wants to go into that vegan avenue and to see how to actually grow your own platform, your own business, your own stuff like that. So, and I'm sure I can keep, keep going on and on and on. Uh, but yeah, I've learned a lot from, from so many people within the movement. Yeah. People want to know what your kids eat in a day. I think they're, I mean, I've never seen like a two-year-old do a what I eat in a day video. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> I, if I can get him to sit still long enough to do it, yeah. Um, he is, let's see, I made them macaroni and cheese today. Uh, vegan, of course. Vegan mac and cheese. It was the day of brand. Um, I did, uh, I made them a milkshake, which is using plant-based milk with fruit. They just love it. With ice. And you used vegan strawberries. Yeah, vegan strawberries, because if not, my daughter's going to let me have it. <laughs> um, and then tonight, we're actually going to have, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever had this. It's called squash steaks. So you literally take butternut squash and cut it up like a filet, like a steak, and you actually grill it. Um, and it tastes amazing. Uh, we make like a vegan ranch to go with it, with a salad, and they love it. So that'll be their day today. You sound like quite the chef. <laughs> it's not always the prettiest, but it tastes amazing all the time. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, how can we support you in your work? Um, you know, just, like I say, spreading the word is just amazing. Uh, be on the lookout for the book coming out, the movie coming out, uh, working on a, uh, a full line of supplements now, but on the lines of vitamins and minerals, not like nitric oxide or <laughs> NO2 pump, nothing like that. Just all natural supplements, but that'll be under the badass vegan line as well. Nice. Robert says, can you tell us about your experiences traveling to Africa? I know you toured in Australia too. Any favorite international destinations? Australia was just mind blowing, really. I didn't expect it to be so, so nice. You know, I'm sure every place you go to has their bad areas, but I can honestly say that while I was in Australia, one thing that stood out to me was for instance, here in the United States, if somebody says, hey, how you doing? 
they might ask you how to do them, but they keep walking the opposite way. Like in Australia, if somebody was like, how are you doing? They were like standing there waiting on an actual response. Like they want to know how you were doing. Um, and I love, you know, Bondi Beach, which was some amazing vegan restaurants out that way. Um, a great pizzeria by the name of Gigi's, which is all vegan, which used to be actual uh, meat and dairy. And then the owners went vegan and they're like, we can't do this anymore. And they restructured their whole business. And now they're like the number one pizzeria in Sydney. So that was amazing to see. Uh, Africa was just, that was a tearjerker for me just going to Africa because I'm the first one from my family to go back since whoever was stolen from there. So that was a very interesting thing. And it, it touched me as soon as the plane landed. Like my mom hasn't even been able to go back. So that was very interesting for me. But just to see the amount of vegan restaurants that were there, uh, the amount of like love and hospitality that was there was just amazing as well. London's fun, Toronto's fun. Uh, man, where else have I been? One place, I haven't been uh, to uh, Asia yet. So I'm missing that. I've been to six of the seven continents. <laughs> wow, well maybe now after the film comes out, you'll have a chance. And speaking of which, Colleen says, will you have him on again so we know when the movie comes out and where to watch? If he'll let me know, I would be happy to. Definitely, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been so fun catching up with you. It's been too long. I remember you from the cruise and just always yeah. have a big smile on your face and you just are such an example of, of passion and compassion all in one. I believe we can all do it. That's, you know, we got to set the example. That's I think I still got a picture of us in the weight room on the cruise somewhere. Oh, I hope if you find it, let me know and it will, I'll make it a thumbnail for this one. And thank you, Robert, for connecting us. I really, really appreciate it. Robert, we, one thing we all can agree on is Robert Cheek is the best. He is, man. He, and he's about the movement. You know, that's the good thing. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Well, it was so fun catching up with you. Badass, if I, if I <laughs> call you badass. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. And thanks all of you guys for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow at 11 a.m. when Ron Russell from Sun Cafe is doing a demo. And he's going to be. Ron. You know Ron? Yeah, I love Ron. Ron's a good, good guy. Tell him, you know what, if it's possible, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, that's okay. Please. I know on other shows that like the guest previously sometimes leaves a message for the next guest. Um, well, that'd be amazing. I'll start doing that if my guests know each other. Ask Ron, how's that house in Vegas going? He'll just okay. laugh. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to do it. Do you, you can bet. How's the house? That's a great thing to do. Uh, I, I will ask guests going forward because if they know each other, he's going to be making tempeh bourguignon and sugar plums so it's going to be amazing i'm so happy to have them on love it love it definitely and i was so happy to have you on it's so good to reconnect and again please let us know when the film comes out so we can support it and promote it and maybe have you back on to talk about it after people get a chance to see it i will for sure and thank you everybody for, for listening all right take care everyone see you tomorrow